Sports, politics, life. Back Nine Development presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Online at backninedevelopment.com. As the calendar turns to 2024, we feel very blessed to be part of your new year and wish you all the best throughout the entire year, which will be a very important and monumentous year. As we can see a lot of things on the horizon that seem like they are critical and very important to not only our lives, but the future of our country, our families that we will eventually someday leave behind, and what their world may look like. For me, personally, it's pretty simple in 2024. I'm hoping and praying for no war. No war. That's pretty simple. Let's not get involved in one of these conflicts and have our troops on the ground or in battle in any way. It is a tall ask because I'm a complete skeptic when it comes to Democrats. I do not know what their game plan is to win the White House, but it will not be good. Their game plan, well, I know what it's not. Their game plan certainly is not to just line up and run Biden and have a fair and honest election. That is not their game plan. That's not their game plan. I don't know what the game plan is, but I've long thought that a possibility is that uh, going to war, getting drawn in in a bigger way to this conflict could lead to all kinds of mayhem that could alter the election. It could change. It could lead to rules changes in the election. It could lead to a constitutional crisis where they say we can't have an election, which is what's going on in Ukraine right now. Zelensky said, oh, I'm sorry, no elections. We're at war. Could they try that in the United States? There's a million things these people could try. I don't trust them in any way to be straight up fair and honest and have a, a legitimate election because they won't win, and they know that. So what they do, I don't know. But it starts for me with no war in the United States. We've, and we should really be getting out of the stuff we're in, supporting it financially the way we do. The second thing, obviously, is a new president of the United States. So those are the two big things. We can have our sports wishes. We can hope for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. We can hope that the Royals will be better or our college team will do better than give it the old college try, maybe make an historic run. There's all kinds of sports things out there. But for the purpose of starting off the new year, I can't really simplify it more than let's not have our people die and let's get a better president. I know this for a fact as 24, 24 starts. There is a chance both those could happen, that we don't get involved in a war and we do get a new president and it is a better day for America. And I'm hopeful that will be the case. We'd obviously love to see that take place. And we know what the mood of the American public is. It shows it pretty much everywhere. There's new polling out on January 1 from USA Today that Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden by five points with Hispanic voters, which apparently means the open border is not working for Joe Biden because <laughs> Joe Biden literally is doing the unthinkable. He's turning black and Hispanic voters into conservatives. This happened, of course, with Jimmy Carter in the 70s when he turned so many people my age, in my generation, into Republicans, into conservatives, because we first, before we knew what we liked, we first knew what we didn't like. And that's going on with Joe Biden in a big way, as Trump has a five-point lead with Hispanic voters. He's gaining massively, Trump is, with the black vote. And then the most shocking number of all, the unthinkable, the impossible, is that Trump has a four-point lead over Joe Biden in voters under the age of 35. Just a remarkable turnaround. I hear this from my three kids constantly. They don't, and it's, you know, it's part of the deal. You don't really complain about the guy that's not in office. So, you know, you'd hear them complain about Trump when Trump was in, and they complain about Biden. But the, the complaint on Biden 
is pretty vague, but it's also wildly specific in one area. When I say what you don't like about Biden, I know there's policies they don't like. I know they don't like the economy. They don't like inflation. They don't like interest rates. They don't like all these different things. I'm talking about my kids. But the one thing they all say is, we just can't have an old man be president. They, I mean, they, you know, you think sometimes your kids look at you as your parent that you're funny or out of touch or old or whatever. And then they see Joe Biden and they go, wow, uh, yeah, we can't have an old fart be president of the United States. So that's where this young vote is coming from. They literally don't see Trump as an old fart like Joe Biden. Even though they're relatively close in age, they just don't see them the same. They see one as vibrant, vibrant and healthy and, you know, maybe not the most fit person in the world, but certainly Donald Trump appears to be on all fronts, very healthy person. And they don't see that in Joe Biden at all. So this polling, I guess, I would never have guessed it would be this good as we start the election year, and it is an election year. We're inside two weeks of the Iowa caucus. The Iowa caucus is a week from Monday. Donald Trump has a massive lead in the Republican primary there. New Hampshire is right behind it on January 23rd. So within the next uh, three weeks, we're going to have two big ones under our belt. Then, of course, the first week of February, a slew of different primaries and caucuses hit. And this thing will be, this, this thing's going to be wrapped up shortly. I think it's going to go very quickly. If the voters respond in the way that polling shows and it's Donald Trump, everyone's going to bail. There'll be no reason to be spending the money and doing what they're doing. There's already rumors that DeSantis is trying to figure out how he's going to save face when he folds up shop and pulls out of the race. There's a lot of discussion going on about that. That's talk for another time. I think this is going to go very quickly. I don't think we're going to be sitting here in six weeks wondering how it's all going to play out. Yes, Trump's going to be busy. He's going to be at trials. He's going to be in the courtroom. He's going to be fending off every possible thing the Democrats are going to throw at him. But America, absolutely poll after poll after poll shows this. America does not believe any of this stuff. Unless you're a hardened liberal and you're just in the base, a voter that cannot be reached by Donald Trump, unattainable votes by Trump, will hate him no matter what. That's people that are political. They're dyed in the wool for what they stand for. But everyone else in America is going to see all this stuff and understand that it's fake. And, and the polling shows that time and time and time again. So our outlook for 2024, pretty good. If Biden doesn't, you know, he, he, you would think every single day there would be less and less than he could do. I think what bothers me most about this year, and what bothers me most about this presidency is, the presidency has changed right before our eyes in our lifetime. There was a time and a place, regardless of the party that the president was in, that there was reason that the president was a reasonable person, that he understood he was president for all Americans. Those days seem to be gone. It started with Barack Obama, and it has continued. Trump became the first Republican of my lifetime to ever do that and say, we just don't, we don't need you folks. We're going to do all this stuff. Then Biden comes in and it's gotten even worse. I know this for a fact. This is not what our founding fathers wanted. They did not want presidential power to be absolute. And that's really where we are. It is shocking how much power the presidency has now without going through Congress, without passing laws, without doing whatever, that, that the president can just open the border and have an all-out assault on our country. That we can just spend hundreds of billions of dollars in military aid to a country 
which as you look back now, it's pretty easy to see why he pulled out of Afghanistan. We're going to shift all the money we spent in Afghanistan and we're going to put it into Ukraine because we're going to need it there because I'm president now and Putin's going into Ukraine because Trump isn't here. So you see them shifting around all this money and it is shocking to me that the president of the United States has as much power. Now he wants more and they're going to have to pass that. He's, he's pretty much tapped out at this point. They got a good bump in the beginning. People felt bad for Ukraine. The money was flowing, and that's changing big time. Americans are not in the mood to send money to Ukraine right now. We're just not. We're really sorry that's happening. It seems horrible and tragic, but the more that you look at it, the more you realize Ukraine isn't handling it very well either. They just aren't. When you see things like a dictator like Zelensky, we've now learned, in power, somehow safe, there's never been any real threat on his life, Right? If you were going to take a country, if you're Putin, wouldn't you think they'd take out Zelensky? What's going on here? Are they all in this together? Zelensky's getting rich. We can all see that. He's getting very rich, and he's canceled his elections. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't run for president right now because we're at war, so we're just not going to have elections. That's not a free country. So we're not supporting democracy and freedom. And in many ways, I feel like a lot of those things are happening here now, and we see that. Because a president like Biden or the people that are running this thing behind Biden have just taken complete control and power. And it is, it's just, it's not what our country is designed to be. So there's my hope for the new year. No war for U.S. troops and a brand new president in November. I'll be the happiest guy ever. We might just do, if, if Trump wins this thing in November, we might just do four years of nothing but happy podcasts. Just happy, 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 happy. I, it, it, it's terrible. This, this time, because of what has just occurred over the last three years, it would be even bigger and better if Trump won than the first time he won, which was a thrill. It was an amazing thrill and a great ride. But this could really be something. Uh, there's, There's been a an unbelievable video of a plane crash in Japan that has just kind of broken overnight here. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I won't go into great detail on this because I can't really describe for you perfectly what it looks like. It's a Japan airliner, a big one, 374 passengers, a big, brand new two-year-old airplane taxiing in Tokyo on the runway in the dark of night when a Coast Guard plane goes landing and smashes into it. Five Coast Guard members were killed on that plane. The pilot, I think, of the Coast Guard jet is still alive and in really bad shape. Every single person on that airplane got off safely, and it is remarkable. They are sitting inside the airplane as it's filling with smoke, and there are flames around their airplane on the runway, and they are all doing what they're told. They're all being very calm and sitting in their seat. Nobody's getting up, running, panicking, whatever. They're doing everything they're told as the smoke is pouring in and they can see flames out their windows. It's remarkable. It's not the way the movies portray things. People are good. They followed directions. They took off their shoes mostly to slide down that deal because if you go down a high heel rubber ramp, you can pop a hole in it and ruin it for everybody. They got everyone off as the plane was starting to catch fire and burn. They did this pretty quickly. They got everybody out of there left everything behind, the entire thing burned, caught on fire. They just were spraying the foam on it. The tr trucks are there. They're spraying like crazy. Trying. 
didn't that that plane is gone. It just completely burned out over the course of the next few minutes. But they were able to get everybody off before the flames got inside the cabin. It is just, it is remarkable to see. And I can't even imagine. I cannot imagine. Like if I was on there when my kids were little, I, I, I don't know how I could sit there calmly with my children and not just go run in front of everybody up to the front door, the exit door where the rubber raft was going to be and, and just stand my kids there. So they'd be the first ones off. I don't know what would prevent me from doing that. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. I probably wouldn't have because nobody else is. It's unbelievable. You should see these people in this airplane. It's crazy. The cell phone video that's coming out. They are all just sitting there waiting their turn. And they don't look all that freaked out. Me, I see flames outside the airplane. I know that whole plane's going up in flames. It's just a matter of time. There's a fuel tank that could blow, and that's what happened. And a lot of stuff apparently on the inside of airplanes is flammable. Who knew? Video's remarkable of this thing. You should check it out. Okay, we celebrated the new year over the weekend. We hope you had a great holiday weekend. Boy, it was a long weekend. We did a whole lot of nothing. We went to the game on Sunday. I'll have more on that uh, on the Chiefs in our sports component. But we did a whole lot of nothing, really. Honestly, we did a lot of sitting around the house. We went to the Chiefs game, but mostly we just like killed time, did nothing, just total relaxation, which was kind of nice. But I'm watching the uh, after the game on Sunday night. We get home, and I'm I, I don't ever, hardly ever stay up late and do New Year's. Jessica's asleep in bed, and I'm watching some of this stuff. They got Leonard Skinner on the Nashville Christmas. I'm watching some of the bands, going, "Okay, this is cool." I'll watch some of this. And I didn't see this. I was not flipping to CNN, so I didn't see this. But boy, did it make the rounds on social media that the very first thing CNN showed. Did you guys see this? The very first thing of the New Year's coverage when the ball dropped, three, two, one, happy New Year. They cut away live to a gay couple of men in the street of New York just sticking their tongues down each other's throats, kissing wildly, sexually, deeply in love right there in the streets of New York. It is the first thing that was shown on CNN this year. And of course, all of social media went wild and said, yep, this is CNN. This is the first thing they show in 2024. Another clip making the rounds is the band named Green Day, which is a wildly successful and popular rock band. And they were performing New Year's Eve. And I don't know which channel. This might have been on ABC. I'm not sure which network it was on. They changed the words to their song to make it anti-Trump. Do you remember a time when rock stars wouldn't be involved with corporations? They didn't take endorsement money. Their art was pure. They didn't change the words, and they would stand by their songs and say, my song may be 20 years old, and it may sound inappropriate to you today, but we're not changing that song. That's a reflection of art from a time and place. Now, hey, man, if it's anti-MAGA, we'll do anything. We'll change anything. Green Day's got nothing. They got no scruples. (laughs) They don't care. They literally, for New Year's Eve, while people, the last thing anybody, if you're in the streets, everybody's having fun, they're 
got their kazoos out and their hats, party hats, and they're going to pop champagne. Do you really think anybody cared about your anti-Trump rant in your song on New Year's Eve? I'm down on Green Day. I've got four or five Green Day songs on my Spotify playlist. I may dump them. I, I may just dump them because now the problem with this is this happened with the, I, I loved the band U2. And I didn't go see them last time they were at Arrowhead because I knew how political Bono was. You know, we should have known about George W. Bush when Bono and Bush became friends over money for AIDS and things like that. We should have known that Bush was eventually going to disappoint us. We should have known because Bono liked George W. Bush. And I thought, wow, okay, that's something. Then I thought, well, Bono's a pretty big man here. He's willing to cross the aisle and work with someone else. Well, yeah, he was getting money for AIDS. That's all he was doing. But after that, as Obama came in, Bono became like this outspoken wackadoodle. And he's just gone nuts. And I remember specifically, Jessica was disappointed in me. She goes, why aren't you coming to the show at Arrowhead? I said, I don't want to be preached to by Bono, and I know he's going to preach. I just don't want, I'm not going to pay him money to go hear him, an Irishman, tell my country how to live. I'm not going to do it. So I didn't. She went with her brother. And they love the show. And U2 is exceptional. I love their music, man. And they're so talented. And she said there were like videos of Hillary Clinton. This was before the 16 election. Videos of Hillary Clinton up on the Jumbotron. There was like a pro-Hillary rally. Ugh. Can you imagine shelling out that kind of money? Now, my buddy Ron Buck over at Buck Roofing is probably the biggest U2 fan you ever met. He's seen them a lot. Although I got a couple of friends that are, uh, other friends that are too. Uh, Danny Higgins is big. I got a lot of guys out there, just massive U2 fans, people I know. And for good reason, as was I. And as I understand it, the U2 show at the Sphere in Vegas, there is no politics. Then you know what? There shouldn't be. Their guy is in the White House, for crying out loud, and they're not even American. I'm always fascinated why Europeans are so involved in our politics, how they, in art, they want to tell us who to vote for in our country. I'm fascinated by that because Ireland's got its own problems right now. Like they're policing and passing laws to shut down free speech in Ireland. That literally is happening in Ireland. They have riots in the streets. And the prime minister is attempting to write laws and change laws so people cannot express free speech in Ireland. That's going on there. I think Bono should be more concerned with that than what's going on in the U.S. of A. KKHI is brought to you by ticketsforless.com. My son Spence is coming home for the playoff game. We've been in our house here for a couple of years, and he's never stepped foot in it. He's bringing his wife home for the Chiefs playoff game. He went on ticketsforless.com last night, used the promo code CHIEFSWIN to save. That's right. The promo code for Chiefs tickets right now for the playoffs, KKHI, apparently doesn't. it says it's invalid. So it's good everywhere else on the site, but specifically for the Chiefs playoff games, your ticketsforless.com promo code is Chiefs win. Chiefs win. Chiefs win. Ticketsforless.com. So if you want to go to the playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium next weekend, that's the way to do it. Ticketsforless.com. Promo code is Chiefs win. Cross Kitchens is a proud sponsor. Make your new year your best year. Everybody's staying in their homes. Maybe it's time for a makeover at yours. What a great thing to do at the start of the new year to sit down with Tim Cross and his team at Cross Kitchens and say, okay, what can you do for us? What does this look like? How much are we talking? 
Do I need to save my money? Can we push this back six months? Is there financing available? All these things are in play. CrossKitchensKC.com, family-owned and operated in Belton, Missouri. This is a great local business. Really good people here. Cross Kitchens KC, 816-898-7047. And Advanced Medical Imaging, I just keep getting emails from people who say they go to Advanced Medical Imaging. They can't believe that they get in today or tomorrow. They can't believe the flexibility with the scheduling, and they can't believe how little time they spend at Advanced Medical Imaging once they're there. Got an email last week from a guy who said he was there for a total of 16 minutes. 16 minutes. He went in and got his heart scan in and out the door. You got a zero plaque score. That's awesome. Call Tricia to schedule your appointment in advanced medical imaging, 785-856-0224, online at medimageks.com. That's medimageks.com. And don't forget, every single sponsor we have is at thekklist.com. Thekklist.com. Wow, what a new year for a person in Michigan. On New Year's Day, one person won $842 million in the Powerball drawing. Didn't know they drew on New Year's Day. They also drew on Christmas Day. They had holiday drawings, <laughs> both holidays. Uh, this person hasn't been identified yet, but I'm just sitting here thinking, odds are this person's a Michigan Wolverine fan. I mean, you can live to be 100, and we can say nice things like, well, the day my child was born, whatever. Come on, this dude... If this dude is a Michigan Wolverines fan and won $842 million the day the Wolverines came from behind and beat Alabama to make the national championship game, well, I don't know what to tell you because this guy's going to be on a Learjet, staying in a presidential suite with suite tickets at the national title game. If he's a Michigan fan, there would be no reason for this guy not to do anything he wants to do for the Michigan game, including taking his entire family. Might as well charter a jet for like 16 people. Take them all. You got 842 million. That's going to be close to 500 million after taxes and everything else. The one-time payout, boom, take it. Well, after taxes, it won't be. The one-time payout's about 500 million. So 350 million cash rolling money in your pocket. You can probably take 100 grand and take a fancy trip and go to the national title game. All I could think about was, wow, somebody in Michigan. Well, now what if it's a Sparty fan? You know, if you're a Michigan State fan, you probably don't care that Michigan beat Alabama because you just won $842 million. You're probably okay with that. Somebody in Michigan had a day now on New Year's Day. That is awesome. Elon Musk had a year. That was fun to be Elon Musk. All this talk, you know, the, the corporate media, the leftist media, all they've tried to tell us is what a mistake Elon Musk made buying Twitter which is now named X. He renamed it that stupid. He's got uh, all these different companies, Disney, pulling their advertising from Twitter. And Elon Musk told him to go F themselves. He doesn't care. If they don't want to advertise, don't advertise. They'll find other people that do. X hasn't gone away. There is no platform out there for liberals that has taken it over. These people in media on the left have too many followers on X to just dump that and go to another platform. So they're all still there trying to work their little voodoo on X, and Elon Musk on the last day of the year by the New York Post. Story is out. Elon Musk, once again, is the richest man in the world. Elon Musk's fortune, the year he bought Twitter, he made this terrible mistake buying Twitter. 
$50 billion, as I remember right. He buy it for about $50 billion. Does that sound right? His net worth in 2023, Elon Musk's net worth went up, up. Oh, no, no. It went up $95.4 billion to $232 billion. He's the richest man in the world again. He's got about 13% of all Tesla stock. That's what most of his money is. They had a great year. People are buying Teslas and no other electric vehicles. That's basically where we are. They're buying Tesla and nothing else. Everything else just sits on the lot. So way to go, Elon Musk, $232 billion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that the $50 billion you spent on Twitter is going to work out very well for you. That someday, if you sell it or whatever, or your shares in its private company now, right, is going to be worth way more than $50 billion. It's going to work out okay for Elon Musk. The top 500 richest people on earth in 2022 was a bad year. Those 500 people combined lost $1.4 trillion. This year, they gained $1.5 trillion. Now, I'm running the math on that. So they got it all back. They got $100 billion back. From what they lost, they got $100 billion back. But wait. The guy in the top spot made $95.4 billion. So everything that they got back from what they lost, Elon Musk accounts for. Of the top 500. Look, there were winners and losers all over the place. Somebody probably lost $40 billion. You know, so I'm not saying that he was absolutely the reason, but it is kind of funny. The guy on top basically made this past year what all 500 of them combined gained over what they lost the year before. So they got all their money back plus $100 billion. The 500 of them, essentially, after two years, are only up $100 billion. And that's what most of us are. It was a great year in the stock markets. Our investments have done well. It, it went very well in 2023. But all we got back was what Biden lost for us before. That's essentially where we are. Stock market's where it was three years ago. It, it just, yes. It was a better year, but this is so Democrat. This is so liberal. Break it down, destroy it, ruin it. And then when something good happens, you run around, you brag and go, look how great we're doing. And when you really look around, you go, well, yeah, you know, there've been times in American history where my retirement fund over the last three years would have done a lot better than it's done over the last three years. Yes, 2023 was very good, but I only got back what I lost. It's actually better than that. And most people are because if you have professionals working on it, they mitigate your losses and you don't lose what the broader market does. And uh, then when times are good, if they're doing their job right, you do better. And, and that's been our case. So I can't, I can't complain. I, really, I can't complain about any of this. I just know that taking a victory lap like you did something great in 2023 doesn't really work for me because I remember 2021 and 2022. And, you, you know, I've, I've thought this all along. I've said that it's, it should be easier for the Democrats to win. They ruin everything. Then if they come back, like if Biden just remotely closes the border. So if he, imagine over the next eight months, if border crossings are cut in half, which wouldn't be very hard to do at this point. He can literally go on the campaign trail and say, we've cut border crossings in half. I don't know what you're talking about, open borders. There's so many ways for these shysters to manipulate this thing because it's what they do. And Elon Musk is the world's richest. An African-American is the richest man in the world. I just, I love saying that. I'm sorry. I just, I just love saying that.
Uh, happy New Year and Happy New You at Amini's Gallery, 105th and Metcalf. They've got a huge post-holiday sale going on right now. A lot of inventory's got to go. Things they didn't sell, they got to move. Check it out online at Aminis.com or visit them at 105th and Metcalf in Overland Park. Maybe you're looking for some great new leather theater seating for the Chiefs playoff game next weekend. It's in stock. It's ready to go. They have all the coolest games. Pinball, golden tee, pool table, shuffleboard, you name it. Even old school jukeboxes. Aminis.com, 105th and Metcalf. This is Aminis. Our friends at TimeWise Media would love to work with your company this year. If you advertise or have thought about advertising, or if you have a company with an ad agency and maybe they're not doing the work that you like, or you think they could do, do better, give TimeWise Media a chance. They're online at timewisemedia.com. Uh, Chris and his team are just outstanding here. Whether you're looking for um, you know, social media presence, online, pay-per-click, keyword, site retargeting, web development, business profiles on Google, print ads, billboard, traditional media, whatever it may be. Christopher Benson is a wonderful vet, and he'd love to work with you. 913-702-2722. That's 913-702-2722. Or click on timewisemedia.com to learn more about what they can do for your business in 2024. And Dr. Bill Bush is my guy at North Kansas City Dental. He'd love to be your dentist as well. They've got a team of dentists at North Kansas City Dental and two offices to serve you, one in Kansas, one in Missouri. North Kansas City Dental is an award-winning dentistry practice, and you could schedule an appointment by calling 816-471-2911. They really are different than the other guys. It's a fun experience, and they really know what they're doing. They're going to treat you well. And if you've been one of these people like, ah, I don't like going to the dentist, you've got dental insurance, but you don't go very often, just go get your teeth cleaned. Just do it. Make the appointment, make the first appointment, and know that you're in good hands of a great doctor and like-minded people throughout the office where you don't walk in and they hand you a mask. No, that won't be happening at NKC Dental. 816-471-2911 online, nkcdental.com. Let's talk some football. The Chiefs are the three seed. Andy reads history as he doesn't play anybody when the last game doesn't matter. Now, one tricky spot is there's a handful of players who are close to receiving bonuses that could get a sack or a yard. Travis Kelsey is 16 yards from 1,000. Will he go to Andy and say, I want to keep my streak alive of 1,000-yard seasons? Put me in and throw me the ball a couple times, then take me out. I honestly don't know if Andy Reid would do that with Travis Kelsey. He probably would if Travis asked for it. But there's some remarkable streaks here. As the Chiefs beat the Bengals on Sunday, the Chiefs are the three seed, and nothing can change that. We'll get into the playoff scenario in a moment. But That's 11 straight years that the Chiefs have been in contention with one week to go. That's the longest streak in the NFL currently. 11 straight years with one game to go, the Chiefs have a path to the Super Bowl. Nine straight playoff appearances, eight straight division titles, nine consecutive 10-win seasons. This is unbelievable. I don't know who's going to play on Sunday. This Chiefs team, if you're asking me, looks like they could use a little practice. I might treat this like a preseason game. I might say we're going to game plan. We're going to go out there with the starters. We're going to score a touchdown, get a lead, and take you out of the game. I, would not, I, I don't think the risk of injury is that great. And I don't think this is the kind of team that really, it's that important to just like take two weeks off or a week off, two weeks between games. I, I don't. I see the Chiefs as, as like needing some work. Don't you? 
Like, let's keep going here. Let's figure some things out. But I, I, I'm guessing Andy's not going to play Mahomes. I don't know if he puts Kelsey out there or not. Marquez Valdez, Scantling should play every snap. They should just target him all day and see if he can learn to catch a pass. But I don't know what they're going to do here. LeJerry Sneed had himself a ball game on Sunday. You remember the trash talking from Jamar Chase, the Bengals. It's not like they got Jalen Ramsey. LeJerry Sneed is a freak. He's, a, he's an all-pro this year. There are metrics out there that show he's the best corner in the NFL. He shut down Jamar Chase. What Chase have? A couple catches. A couple catches against uh, Sneed. 16 yards, something like that. Legereus Sneed has held Cortland Sutton twice, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, all under 35 yards this year. That's insane. I'm proud of Legereus Sneed. He's gotten some penalties this year, but you're going to get him when you're as good as he is, and he's going to get the reputation of not being a guy committing penalties. He's getting a reputation around the league now that he's so good, you're not going to throw the flag on Legereus Sneed. And I love Trent McDuffie. I mean, the Chiefs got really good, really fast at corner. Going to be expensive to keep them long-term, but they got good really fast at corner. Pretty amazing performance. And Jamar Chase lost the game and was still flapping his gums in the locker room afterwards, saying things about Snead and the Chiefs. And what I'm like, you just lost, and you're out of the playoffs, and what are you doing? What, what, what is this with some of these receivers? Really bad look for Jamar Chase, no question. All right, the Chiefs are the three seeds, simply put, If Buffalo beats Miami, Miami comes to Kansas City. Buffalo would be the two seed. They win their division. And that sends Miami here. So we got that one. That's easy. I think Buffalo's going to win, by the way. And I think they're going to be the two seed. And I think Miami's coming to Kansas City. That's my prediction. Now, if Miami wins, all hell breaks loose. We don't know what happens. If Miami wins, Buffalo could actually miss the playoffs. (laughs) Like, really? So... I mean, there's just no question we want to root for the Dolphins, but there is a scenario that if the Dolphins win, Buffalo comes to Kansas City. But it's certainly not in stone. It could be Indy, Houston, or Pittsburgh, and not Buffalo. So if Miami wins, there's four possibilities for who the Chiefs play. I think you roll the dice here, and you'd like to see Miami win this game. and, And for me, it's just simple. If you win the following week in the playoffs, if the Chiefs win their playoff game, their home game, if you win... The following weekend, do you want to go to Buffalo or do you want to go to Miami? And I just think that's a no-brainer. So that's just kind of where I am. So I'm going to be rooting for Miami because there's a chance the Buffalo is just completely out of this thing. This is, in the past, we've always said with the Chiefs, it doesn't matter if the Chiefs play their best, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They control their own destiny. They really don't. But most teams don't. Right now, we know what the Ravens and 49ers best are, and they're better than anyone. Their best games are better than anyone. But again, the last time the Ravens were the one seed, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So, because the Ravens lose. They, 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 Lamar Jackson turns into Lamar Jackson, starts turning it over, and they'll lose a game. I, I'm not going to predict that. Certainly, they were phenomenal again this weekend against the Dolphins. They look like they're playing at a, a level way higher than anyone else. I'll seed you that point. But I will not seed the point that the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to earn it. They're going to have to earn it. And the Chiefs could use some help. And if that help comes in the form of Miami beating Buffalo and Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs, I'll take that help. I'll take any chance. It's not likely, 
It's not likely that they beat Buffalo and Buffalo's out, but there's a chance. So just on that alone, you know, you're talking about Indy, Houston, and Pittsburgh in the playoffs instead of Buffalo. I'll take that. I'll take my chance on that. So there's your playoff scenario. San Francisco and Baltimore are the ones. There's a million possibilities out there not suitable for a podcast. I could read them all to you, but it's just much easier if you're really interested to go look them up online, and many of you probably already have. I am just going to watch the games and watch it unfold this weekend and see. The Chiefs are in. They're the three seed. I'm guessing the Chiefs are going to bench most of their most important players. We'll see how that plays out. The owner of the Carolina Panthers is in big trouble, and this should be a $1 million fine if it's a nickel. David Tepper owns the Panthers. They went to Jacksonville and lost a game, ensuring that they have the number one pick again. Carolina Panthers will pick number one. Caleb Williams is available. This will be interesting because they just drafted Bryce Young with number one, although he got hurt this past weekend and hasn't been very good this year. Do you go get the top quarterback again? What do you do? I don't know. All I know is the Panthers took Bryce Young, and it looks like they should have taken C.J. Stroud of Houston. And they didn't. And this owner's frustrated. And he's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. He's not in Philly. He's not in Vegas. He's not at Jets, you know, playing the Jets. Carolina's at Jacksonville. Jacksonville doesn't have fans. Like, they're just, the. So he's got an open-air box, and a fan's giving him the business. And it might have, it would seem to me if you're giving David Tepper the business that you would be a Carolina fan at the game letting him have it. But I've not been able to figure that out yet. It looks more like a Jacksonville fan. In the open air box, the guy stands up on his seat and he's hollering things in there at the Carolina Panthers owner. Well, close the windows. I don't know what you do. You're the owner of the team. What does David Tepper do? He grabs his drink and he walks down about six feet short of the window and throws his drink out the window at the guy. And soaks him. Like uh, Jackson Mahomes. Same kind of thing. This is pathetic for an NFL owner to react that way. It really is. This needs to be a $1 million fine. It needs to be a high-profile charity. And whatever he's fined, he should match it with another million for a local charity in Charlotte. He should do that. And he should be issuing a statement, and this is bad. But here's what happens with owners in the NFL. There's all kinds of high-profile fines and suspensions and all kinds of... Boy, when it's amongst the owners, the news stays really quiet, doesn't it? The owners find a way when they do stupid stuff to keep it really, really, really quiet. Remember Robert Kraft went and saw the prostitute massage parlor where you get the special treatment in Palm Beach? Yeah, it just kind of went away. God, David Tepper, what are you thinking? This is terrible. I, um... If I'm that fan, I'm getting a lawyer. I am. I'm just going to go public humiliation. I don't know that any big law was broken. See what I'm saying? I don't know if it rises to the level of assault. I don't know what the crime would be. There has to be something. Free speech is okay. Free speech at a game is encouraged. We celebrate free speech at football games. So whatever the guy said doesn't matter. And he was in some way attacked or assaulted or whatever, I just go the public humiliation route here. I'd go public with it all. I'd have a news conference. I'd talk to I'd be talking to the media. I would be turning up pressure. In fact, I might just go check into a hotel in Charlotte and start doing interviews with Charlotte media. If this guy's from Jacksonville. Until I got a big fat check to shut up. I you know, if you're gonna find the guy a million dollars, maybe a quarter of it goes to the fan. 
I don't know, something. That's just really bad. Can you even imagine being in a position where you own a football team and you, this says so much, you know, we hear about white privilege and all these other things. This says so much about privilege and our billionaire class, how much better they think they are than the rest of us. That's all this was. I own this team, you little minion. Here's my drink in your face. Speaking of drinks, how about coach drink? Eli Drinkwitz with a new contract after taking down the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Cotton Bowl. Eli Drinkwitz is the SEC Coach of the Year. He finished third nationally in Coach of the Year voting. Mizzou beat Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. He won 11 games. Eli Drinkwitz is the toast of the town. And eight weeks ago, every Mizzou fan wanted him fired. It's a great story. The athletic director at Mizzou, she said about the new contract that Eli Drinkwitz, and I've not heard any ADs say this yet, I think this is right. I think she's nailed it. He's doing an exceptional job navigating the program in the new era of college football, the modern era. The modern era. That was the term she used. Eli Drinkwitz is doing an exceptional job navigating this program in the modern era of college football. While everyone else out there is complaining about the modern era, Eli Drinkwitz is getting his best players ever, winning at a higher level in I mean, it's just, this is remarkable. This is absolutely remarkable. Everything that is heaped on them for next year is earned. It will be really hard to back it up. I wrote this in the Patrons Post over the weekend, my newsletter over the weekend for the patrons. I I think staying there is really hard. Getting there, a lot of teams have one really good year. So I'll ask the same question because I believe that, I said this la- at the end of last season, I said this about, Chris Kleiman at K-State, and then Jerome Tang at K-State. I said after their seasons, they each had their best season at K-State. They each both just had their best season at Kansas State. Prove me wrong. Just prove me wrong. All right? I'll say the same thing about Eli Drinkwitz. This is the high point of his tenure. Prove me wrong. Now, what if they lose a couple of games next year, not in the SEC title game, but make it into the playoff. You consider that a better year because you're in the playoff? He would have been in the playoff this year. He would have been in. And it looks to me like they just won their playoff game. They just won a playoff. They essentially won a playoff game this year. So that's, that would be the, the equal next year would be making the playoff and winning a game. That's what Mizzou just did. That's going to be hard. And that's going to be really hard. Even if you get there, you got to go win your playoff game. I mean, a lot of great things this year for Missouri. What I'm saying is, don't lower your expectation. If you're a fan, you're a fan for a reason. Expect the best. Hope for it. It should be an entire year of enjoyment right now for Mizzou fans. The entire offseason, spring ball, heading into the other season, everything. You should just be totally excited. I'm not trying to tamper that in any way. I just want to remind everyone how hard sports is. It is hard to sustain. It is really hard. Boy, you want to talk about excellence. These playoff games, you could feel it watching these two playoff games in college football on Monday that it was just way different than the other bowl games. You just knew it from start to finish. It was just way different. Alabama had it. They had Michigan. You're up seven in the fourth quarter. You have locked Michigan down. You're freaking Alabama. You play defense and you go to the title game and they blew it. 
and Michigan advanced. It was an absolute thriller in overtime that almost had, there was a wild muffed punt with 20-some seconds to go or whatever, 50 seconds to go at the end of the game at the one-inch line. It was just crazy. This is a wild, wild game. Michigan comes away the winner. Congratulations, Michigan. Washington wins the nightcap over Texas. They had a pretty big lead in this game, but had to, in the end had to hold on and, and get a defensive stop against Texas. Michael Penix Jr., just a ridiculous performance, 450 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. We, we often, I often, I won't say we, I often look at turnovers and give that on a scale of 1 to 10, a rating of a 10. And I look at sacks on a scale of 1 to 10 as like a 2.5. But they're one and the same. And in this game, it really showed. Not only did Penix not turn it over, Texas couldn't sack him. And because they couldn't sack him, he just kept completing pass after pass after pass after pass after pass. It was remarkable. A great performance. This is two different teams playing each other now. Michigan wants to play old school, right? Control the clock, control the ball, smash you in the mouth, big pass rush, big pass rush. Boy, how many sacks? They have seven against Alabama. Big pass rush coming this week in the title game. That's the story of this game. Michigan's pass rush against Washington is the story of this game. Because if they don't get the panics, he's going to chew them up. He's just going to light up the scoreboard, and Michigan won't be able to score with them. But if they get to him, turnovers, sacks, you can see Michigan winning this game 23-20, 26-20. You can see that. It really is kind of Big 12 versus Pac-10. Pac-12. That's really Big 10 versus Pac-12. That's really kind of what it is. Should be a great national championship game. The semis were phenomenal. Our final final today is brought to you by Ideal Health Kansas City, online at idealhealthkc.com. Dr. Kip Van Camp works in regenerative medicine. He's an interventional radiologist, double board certified. And what he's doing to help people using tissue and blood from their own body to get rid of aches and pains and maladies is something else. Call 913-745-5300 to see if this is for you. No pills, no shots. This is stuff from your body. Yes, there's injections, but it's coming from your body. IdealHealthKC.com. Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC in Excelsior Springs, the official automotive dealership of Kevin Keatsman has issues. The new year is a new time for you. If you're looking for anything GM, Roberts Robinson would love to work with you. They're the home of the lifetime warranty. They will locate the perfect vehicle for you, or they'll build it for you. Right now, big discounts on Chevy Silverado and GMC Sierra. Chevrolet. Find new roads with robertsrobinson.com, 1501 Kearney Road, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Find new roads with Chevrolet. And Dr. Jeremy and his team at Fry Orthodontics. They're online at fryorthodontics.com. 14 locations give you a smile for life. Why not? Invisalign or braces. If you wear Invisalign, people don't even know you're doing it. So a lot of adults choose that. A lot of teenagers still go the route of braces. Either way, same price. A lot of benefits to one or the other, depending on your lifestyle and what it is that you're doing. Contact Fry Orthodontics for your consultation. It's absolutely free. Consultation's free when you mention the podcast. Log on to fryorthodontics.com, where your smile is just the start. Our final finalist from ESPN at the Sugar Bowl. They're broadcasting the Sugar Bowl, and they either go live to Bourbon Street, which makes no sense to me, or they cut to what we call B-roll footage that somebody went and shot of Bourbon Street, and they'll show it as kind of a bumper during the game, coming to and from commercial, that sort of thing. You've seen that. 
you've seen Union Station in Kansas City, the skyline, the different sites, the Nichols Fountain. So usually they go shoot that footage. Almost always in Kansas City, it's a barbecue joint, right? They go shoot the footage, and then they it's not live. They run it during the game. So I don't know what this could have been live. Going live to Bourbon Street during the Sugar Bowl is the worst idea I've ever heard. Was this a prank? Did somebody miss this? I don't think you could miss this. I don't think you could miss this. So maybe it was a prank. Maybe some low-level intern sneaked it in and got it on air. They cut away to a little bump shot from the game. They show Bourbon Street where the tradition of women lifting their tops, exposing their breasts to the people up on the balcony so they throw beads to them is a time-honored tradition. I mean, you can't go down there and not see this. It's not possible. So here's this shot of Bourbon Street, and the lady pulls down. It's almost like a halter top. So she pulls it down, and her breast is exposed, and she puts it right back up. So this wasn't like total flasher, take my T-shirt off, woo, shake your stuff like Charo or something. Now, it wasn't that, but it was so easy to see, and it made it on ESPN. And nobody seems to know why. Although, it's so funny. People are acting like, we, I can't believe we saw this. I, I guess I don't understand it. I, I know we have certain standards in society and broadcast. This isn't broadcast TV. This is cable. It's ESPN. So they don't have the FCC violation there that you would over the air, like a regular broadcast station would. So I, I don't understand really the, it almost feels like in 2024, this isn't even that big of a deal. Is it? Who hasn't seen a boob? Anybody? I mean, who hasn't seen one? <laughs> She's having fun, and it wasn't like crazy. I guess they could have missed it. It was just a little slip. It was down, and there it was, and then he covered. she covered it back up, and ah, ESPN under fire for somehow airing an exposed breast during the Sugar Bowl coverage on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Happy New Year. Happy New You. I'd love to have you as a patron this year. If you'd like to sign up to become a patron, go to kkasissues.com. On your desktop or laptop, it's easier or tablet than it is on your phone. To sign up, playing the podcasts and reading the content on your phone is really easy. It's very simple. We do a newsletter every weekend. We do a couple, three podcasts each week. Uh, premium content. We love doing those, and we'd love to have you on board. Five bucks a month, and you're in. kkhasissues.com or just tell your friends about the podcast, ask them to listen, maybe hit the like, follow, or subscribe button so they get the notifications. We would love to build this audience this year and make an impact during this election season. We're very much looking forward to 2024. We'd love to have your help with Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.